0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including... Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message.
1: Please stay tuned at the end of this message to hear a discussion about our new premium subscription and an update on all that we're doing here at VBPH. Thanks, guys. Let's open up our Bibles to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter thirteen. This uh, again is a message that was inspired simply through our daily Bible reading program uh, this week. That God, uh, this is a message. This is a uh, portion of Scripture that I've read many times, uh, but I don't think I've ever preached on. And so th- these are these are my favorite kind of messages to explore the Word of God and what it means for our lives today. The question I want to begin with tonight. Is it required for Christians to always be nice? <laughs> we have one opinion already. I believe absolutely that being nice to other people is a virtue. And I'm not trying tonight to, uh, to uh, cancel that out in any way. Kindness, gentleness, and meekness are all fruits of the Spirit of God moving in your life. And yes, we are expected to exercise them in most situations, especially here in the house of God, in the family of the living God. Yes, we need to show kindness toward one another, gentleness, patience, self-control, recognizing that, yes, we are all on the same team here. Can you say amen? I'm amazed at how much strife and division exists even in people's homes. And sometimes the most, uh, the most contentious place that you, uh, that you face in life is the home for many people. And that's because uh, the, we're not practicing the gifts of the Spirit once we enter even in our own homes. That's a very surprising thing for Christians. That is a sermon for another day. Tonight, I want to also recognize from our Scripture that there are also times that we shouldn't be nice. There are times that requires us to be discerning. My aim tonight is not to start divisions or fights in the house of God, but simply tonight that Christians would recognize the time for peace is over and the time to fight has begun. And there is a time. This is one of the things about living life and learning how to live in this life is recognizing there are different seasons, in life, As it says in Ecclesiastes, that to every season there is a time. There is a time for everything under the sun. There's a season for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time uh, to, to relax. There's a time to be stressed out. Uh, there are many, many different seasons in life. And our job is to be able to recognize which season we are in so that we can respond properly. This scripture we're about to read is an account where the Apostle Paul found himself in a situation where if he would have just been nice, if he would have just allowed the situation to pass by, it would have hindered the work of God and it would have caused a man to possibly lose his salvation and end up in hell. It was required that he in this moment would learn how to not be nice when it's necessary. Let's read it together in Acts 13, beginning with verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. From there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, sounds like a tasty place, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now, when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet. A Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, and an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. That is not permitted, according to the Apostle Paul. Then Saul, verse 9, watch this. Saul, who is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind." Not seeing the sun for a time and immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. That's not very nice. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again to study your word, to learn from it, how we ought to live, God, how we ought to act in our lives. I'm praying, God, give us wisdom. Give us knowledge, give us discernment, God, when the uh, when we must respond in a righteous way. We thank you, Lord, tonight for your word and for the truth it teaches us tonight. We give you glory, in Jesus' name. And God's people would say, "Amen." This is a message I've titled "Filled with the Holy Spirit," and not nice, because that is exactly the situation that the Apostle Paul found himself in. Now, I want to first of all tell you and remind you that the purpose of getting saved is bigger and beyond just being a nice person. Now, I understand for some people, reaching the level of just having courtesy and politeness toward other people, like that's a major achievement. Some people have a uh, sticky disposition in life. Maybe you used to fighting, used to living life on the streets. Maybe you've been burned a few times. And so as a result, we come to the kingdom with this baggage of, I really don't like people. And it's easy to get in fights, and it's easy to be a jerk, and it's easy to be rejected. And yes, there's a lot of people who have trouble with things like that. And salvation offers a solution to us that, you know what, we can get saved and we can be better than we were before. Isn't that great? That God's salvation doesn't only do this supernatural work, you know, that's invisible, deep down inside, God's changing something. And, but what's amazing to me is that God not only wants to save your soul, He wants to save your personality. Right? Right? He wants to have an effect on who you are, that we as people coming to the kingdom, that we should like, like John the Baptist, he said, less of me and more of you, Jesus. Like, I want less of Adam Dragoon's wicked personality, and I want more of Jesus shining his light through me. And that is a great thing. And when you get saved, yes, you should be nice, (laughs) To people who are being nice to you. These virtues are spelled out in the New Testament. Galatians 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And for a lot of us, those those are really challenging things, aren't they? Because we have a tough time expressing those things, especially when we get frustrated and angry. Gentleness, self-control. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So tonight, I don't want you to walk away from this message thinking that you now have a license to act like an idiot and to divide the church and to divide your home. And uh, that's not the message tonight. But I thought pastor said it's okay to not be nice. And that's going to cause you a lot of problems if you take this and apply it to every situation. But we are not talking tonight about every situation. Tonight, now that we have those prerequisites out of the way, and now that we, uh, have, I've given you the proper warnings about don't be a jerk, what is the purpose of our lives? Why did God save you? Did God save you just to be Ned Flanders? Hi dilly-do, neighbor. Just to be the super-duper nice guy. Just to be a, a Caleb morning personality. Don't they ever get on your nerves? They get on my nerves sometimes. And they're just laughing every time. Fa- <laughs> like, okay, I get it. We're trying to be positive and encouraging, Caleb. But how many understand that there's more to life? Sometimes we're going to go through things when just responding with politeness Courtesy and niceness is going to cause you to fail. Niceness will get you a long way. It'll help you get jobs. It'll help you get promotions. Being polite and courteous will help you to get more money. But there are some situations when it will not help you. In fact, that it might hurt you. If you show your belly to the devil... He will spill your entrails on the ground. And I tell you tonight that there are some situations where you must be willing to fight. You must be willing to confront when you are being attacked by hell, by the world, by your flesh. You must be willing to stand up in righteous indignation and say no. It is not going to happen like that. There is a place in the kingdom of God and in every righteous person here, there is a place for you to say, I am not going to put up with this. I'm not going to play nice. I'm not just going to go along to get along. I'm going to stand up for what is right. Imagine if Paul had just tried to kill this sorcerer with kindness Again, understand what is happening here. Paul and Barnabas are traveling to this new area. They're preaching the gospel. They've been sent out by their home church to go preach the good news of Jesus. And they come to this island where they found a sorcerer. They are witnessing to what is called a proconsul. This is a certain leader in the, in the, um, in the government there. And he is calling for them. He hears the message that Paul and Barnabas have been preaching. And he says, I want to hear what you guys are saying. Would you come and tell me the message that you've been spreading around? They come into his presence and he begins to believe what they are saying. He begins to be convinced by the gospel, the Holy Spirit, no doubt dealing with this man. But how many understand that wherever God is moving, the devil is moving too. You have never taken ground for righteousness without also a fight from hell. Maybe you can remember as a new convert what it was like. Maybe today you make decisions, righteous decisions for the Lord. You find all of a sudden yourself fighting against every demon in hell just to survive another day. Because the devil will not give up ground freely. He is not nice. He doesn't just allow things to happen. Paul was working to see this man saved. And here is a sorcerer, a man who who is working against the kingdom of God. He is mocking. He is cursing. He is trying to deceive. And Paul sees what's happening. Now, what if Paul in that moment would have said, oh, just let him attack. No big deal. God is bigger. God can handle it. Oh, just let him say whatever he wants to say. What if Paul would have done that? What if he would have cowered in fear or been unwilling to confront? Well, I'll tell you, perhaps this man who became such a source of great joy for the church, perhaps he would have been turned away from the faith, simply because Paul would have been courteous, polite, and nice to him. The point is, tonight, you cannot negotiate with those who are trying to hurt you. There are Christians tonight that you are are hindered from doing what God wants you to do simply because you're unwilling to judge something. You're unwilling to call out something that you know is true. You're unwilling to hurt somebody's feelings in order to exalt the kingdom of God. You cannot negotiate with someone who's trying to hurt you, trying to destroy your faith, trying to keep you from living for God. When I got saved, I had a few friends in in high school. I got saved at the ripe young age of 16 years old, and I came in to the kingdom, and I had a few friends That, uh, you know, they were my friends. I'd grown up with them and had a good relationship with them. The problem was that after I got saved, they didn't get saved with me. Say, guys, you want to go to church with me? No. Guys, uh, you know, Jesus is really doing something powerful here. You should come check it out later. And the problem I found is when I would hang out with them, my life was remarkably different. My mind began to have the old thoughts that I used to think, right? A living for Jesus is gonna require sometimes some judgments. And I realized that when I was hanging with them, it wasn't even their fault, it was me. Just me g- giving in to their stupid, you know, antics and being their friend, and it was leading me to think things I didn't want to think, say things I didn't want to say, and do things that I didn't want to do. And I thank God that I had good, wise friends in the church that told me that at some point you're going to have to make a decision that some friends are not going to help you get to heaven. And I had to I had to make a decision in my life to to speak to my friends. I said, if you're not going to live for Jesus, then we can't hang out anymore. I love you and I care about you and I want you to join me in heaven but I'm not going to go to hell for you. That was hard. There was a conversation that was uncomfortable. I had to confront a few things. But if I was just going to be nice and polite and get along, go along to get along, that I would not have made a stand that day. Let's look then at the problems with niceness or being polite. Some of the reasons why we do this in the face of those who are trying to destroy us, I believe one thing is that it can be a fear of confrontation. Now, I know that some people, confrontation is like your native language. Some people, it seems, are born to be in a fight. And, I, you know, even though they, that can be thorny and that can be difficult to handle, listen, God can harness that thing for the kingdom, If you ever find yourself on evangelism, you are born to be an evangelist if you've got that bug in you. To be willing to take a hit and then give a hit in a conversation. I'm not talking about physical altercations, don't get me wrong. But I am talking about confrontation, being willing to confront what you know is wrong. And for some people, confrontation is something to be avoided at all costs. This comes many times as a result of how you were raised, where uh, parents or siblings, uh, instead of talking through things, instead of working things out, instead of uh, uh, having conflict resolution in the home, what happens to many people is that they just avoid the issue. I call it the dirty sock approach. Right. When you take off your shoes, uh, you get home from work, you take off your shoes and your socks and they don't smell nice. If you take the socks and you toss them under the bed rather than into the washing machine, they after time, they don't get cleaner, do they? And if you continue to put the dirty socks under the bed and you ignore the problem and you try to get rid of the problem. Well, guess what? Before you know it, the whole house stinks. This describes many people's lives. The fear of confrontation causes you to have undealt with issues in different corners of your relationships. This can happen with marriage, where a husband and wife will not have a conversation about some sensitive issue, and then over months, over years of time, you don't talk about it. Guess what? It doesn't get better. Sometimes you're going to need an uncomfortable situation, an uncomfortable conversation, a confrontation. But for many of us, there is great fear about that, to be able to confront something. I want to tell you, at some point, living for God is going to require some confrontation. Imagine if you went home tonight and you got all tucked into bed and you, uh, you were drifting off to dreamland and all of a sudden you hear a blood-curdling shriek from your children's bedroom. And if you went in there and you found a poisonous snake in your child's bed. Is that the time for you to, oh, isn't it so cute? Oh, let me see if I can pet the little thing. I wonder what it eats. Would you like to eat a bug, little snake? I mean, no, that's, that's, uh, that's foolishness. You're going to let your child die because you want to see if it's cute? What I'm saying tonight is that there are issues, there are poisonous issues in our lives that if we allow them to remain, it will eventually bring destruction. This is what sin does in our lives, right? When we allow sin that we don't deal with it, we don't let the Spirit of God convict us, we don't let the sermons that we hear touch our lives. We read the the Scriptures and, and God confronts us and God speaks to us, but we don't let Him speak to us. We say, later, God, I'll deal with it later. Too embarrassing, too hard, too difficult to get free from my sin. And what happens? Sin, when you do not deal with it, grows stronger, more dangerous, more poisonous. And that snake is lying in your bed, and you're just letting it stay there. Because you won't confront. This can be a false substitute for true peace. See, what God saved us... Part of what sal- the miracle of salvation is that we can have peace with God. Everybody say the word peace. Peace with God. It means that though we were once sinners, we deserved the wrath of God toward us. And if God didn't change us, if God didn't save us, if the blood of Jesus was not applied to our lives, then we would be destroyed and we would deserve it. But thank God, because of salvation, the blood cleanses us and we can have a relationship with God of peace and harmony. We can be his children and he can be our father. But the problem is that some people would rather have the substitute of politeness instead of true peace. Peace is a result of difficult confrontations. And when there are these nagging issues in our lives, it's possibly because we've told ourselves, if I'm just nice, if I just try to be polite, if I try to throw it under the rug, put the dirty sock under the bed, maybe it'll just go away. I'm telling you tonight that there are some issues that God wants to bring out to the forefront so that we can have true peace. Peace with God and peace with other people. So tonight... Let me close with this thought. Sometimes harshness is necessary. You better be willing at some point to say, you know what? Just being polite, I'm not saying disrespecting people, but I am saying tonight, I'm not talking about name calling or even physical altercations. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about confronting evil. And to confront evil, it's going to require some harshness. There are times, beloved, when the Holy Spirit will lead you to righteous indignation. That means anger. There are some things in life you should be ticked off at. Someone who's righteous, someone who is living for God, should be upset by a few things in life. Abortion is one thing that upsets me. The stain of 63 million aborted babies since 1973. That makes me angry. That so many generations have been lost from our nation and around the world because of abortion. That makes me angry tonight. I want to see that change, and I do everything in my power to see that issue change. I vote for politicians who have the correct view of abortion. That is an area that we should be harsh on. The truth is, if there's something or someone that you love, then there are also a few things that you should hate. If you love your wife, then you hate if somebody makes a move on her. If you love your children, you're going to hate anything that that, uh, causes a disruption in their safety. You're going to hate when schools teach something that is outside of their scope, right? And there would be a problem as a holy person, as a righteous man or woman of God, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then there's something wrong with you if you don't get worked up sometimes. There's a problem if you're not bothered and you're not angry. You ought to be angry when people who are new in the faith who are brand new baby Christians, when they don't get the prayers and the time and the attention that they need to thrive and survive for the kingdom? You ought to be upset by that. You ought to do everything in your. This is what. Uh, this is what motivated Saul, who is for the first time in our scripture called Paul. This is the first time that we see him. He gets bothered. He gets angry. Why? because the newfound faith of this man that he's been ministering to is being threatened by a sorcerer, by some guy who thinks that he's all that. So when should we... When when do we have the license to not be nice? Here's a few things I want to share with you tonight. Number one, when righteous things are being destroyed... There was something righteous happening in this proconsul that Paul had witnessed to. He had expressed his faith in the Lord Jesus and had, a, had a, uh, a, an early form of faith that was leading him to salvation. He got upset because that was being attacked. Jesus made this statement, Mark chapter 9, verse 42. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. That sounds pretty bad. But Jesus is saying, that's better than what I would do to him in the judgment. Because why? Because Jesus cares so much for those who have newfound faith, those who are young in the Lord and those who are innocent before Jesus, those little ones, if you cause them to stumble, guess what? Jesus gets upset about that. You're not going to do that. It'd be better for you to go to the bottom of the sea. Better than what I would do. When righteousness is being destroyed, and when wickedness is winning, a few stories from the Scripture that I'm reminded of tonight. Think of Elijah. Remember the prophet Elijah? Uh, he was living in a time where Baal worship had, uh, had expounded in the nation of Israel. They were living under the, the wicked leadership of, uh, of uh, Jezebel and King Ahab. And they had led the entire nation to idolatry and to sin. And there were 400 prophets of Baal. And uh, remember that on the top of Mount Carmel, there was this confrontation. And Elijah challenged them and said, if Baal is God, then let him consume the sacrifice. But if Jehovah, if Yahweh is God, then you need to worship him. And you remember what happened. They created this altar and all of those prophets of Baal began to do all of their ceremony and calling upon the false god of Baal. And guess what? Nothing happened. Now, you would think in that moment, a good Christian man, you know, he should you know, recognize that, you know, what's going on here. Keep a cool head. You know, don't uh, don't offend. Be respectful. You know, just just be nice. Elijah did not do that. 1 Kings 18, 27. So it was at noon that Elijah mocked them. Ha, ha, ha. Point and laugh, tar and feather. Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is a God. Maybe he's meditating. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's on a journey. Or maybe he's sleep. your false God is sleeping and needs to be awakened. He's mocking 400 prophets of Baal. That's not very nice, Elijah. I thought you were a good man of faith. You're supposed to be polite, courteous. Bring it down a notch, Okay. No, we don't bring it down a notch because Elijah understood that these prophets of Baal were leading people to incredible wickedness. He realizes that if, if he doesn't stand up and do something, that the nation will be led toward destruction. He I'm not going to stand aside. I'm not just going to go along to get along. He mocks them. You know, there are times that we need to mock what is evil in our generation we need to mock <laughs> we need to call people out for what they are for the strategy that they are working against the kingdom of god it's okay to mock sometimes people are going to uh, dissect my sermon and you know take it apart and give you license to be you know be a jerk that's not what i'm saying but there are times, beloved, that we've got to confront. How about Isaiah? The same sin is happening in the time of Isaiah. And the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah begins to mock the idolaters. Isaiah 44, verse 15, makes a very good argument. It shall be for a man to burn. He's talking about wood. He, he goes, uh, there's, there's a man who goes to the forest and he cuts down a tree. And he takes a part of that fire to burn. He takes it and he warms himself. Yes, he kindles it and he bakes bread. And then he takes another piece of that same wood and he makes a god and worships it. He makes a carved image and falls down to it. He burns half of it in the fire and with that half he eats meat. He roasts his, his meat and is satisfied. He warms himself and says, oh, I am warm. I have seen the fire. This is, you know what this is? This is holy mockery. This is God making fun of someone who is doing evil. And the rest of it, he carves into a God. He bows down and worships it. He prays to it and says, deliver me, for you are my God. He says, they do not know nor understand. He has shut their eyes so they cannot see. God is trying to wake some people up to see how foolish they've been living. Okay, pastor, those are two great Old Testament examples. It's a good thing that Jesus never acted like that. Actually, we have two accounts, at least, of Jesus getting ticked off. The first happened in John chapter 2. When he went into the temple and he found, what did he find there? The money changers. That was offensive to Jesus. How are you going to come into the house of God and you're going to make it into this This uh, this you're going to denigrate the things of God to to changing money, to try to make a profit, to try to turn some tricks. It's like they were gambling. It's like they had a casino in the middle of church. Jesus sees this and he gets ticked off. It's said that in uh, John chapter two, verse 15, this is another one of those scriptures you don't find uh, quilted on a pillow. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. That's not very nice, Jesus. I thought we were supposed to act like Christians. He is turning over their tables and whipping them with a cord. Jesus was not afraid to confront evil in the presence of God's house. Jesus had 12 disciples. His lead disciple, the one who was the mouthpiece, for, for the we know, is Peter, right? Peter had some incredible victories. He had some amazing revelations from God. But there was a moment... <laughs> There was a moment when Peter said something really stupid. And Jesus didn't just let it slide. He didn't just let it pass by without saying something. You remember the story? Jesus told his disciples that he was about to go to the cross. He was about to be killed and on the third day rise again. And Peter rebuked Jesus. Not so, Lord. You're, no, we're not going to let that happen, Jesus. And what did, how did Jesus respond to Peter's, uh, what he thought was a brave uh, exhortation? This is Matthew 16, 23. He, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan! You are an offense to me! You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Peter, you're way off here, buddy. He called him Satan. What is that word? Satan is the accuser of the brethren, the one who brings offense to the kingdom of God. And Jesus, you better watch out if you find yourself rebuking Jesus, because guess what? Jesus came right back and called him Satan. That's not very nice, Jesus. I thought we were supposed to be more polite. You know, sometimes you got to get in the devil's face. I'm not saying we should provoke the devil. But guess what? Sometimes the devil provokes you. And it is not good enough to sit back and let it happen. It is not good enough to let his lies penetrate your mind. It's not good enough just to let uh, the demonic powers of hell threaten you and hurt you and come against your family and your children and your finances. You can't just stand by and let it happen. You have been called to confront some things in life. Don't hide behind the excuse, I just want to be nice. How many know that in this life, there are some bullies? Have You ever had to confront a bully? Maybe some of you were the bullies. It's a good thing you got saved. But guess what? In life, there are bullies. And whether they're on the playground or whether they are demonic powers, there are some bullies that if you give them what they want, they will destroy you. If you give them your lunch money, guess what? It doesn't appease them. They'll come back again the next day and say, give me double. If there's a bully on the schoolyard, there's only one thing that bullies respond to, and that is force. I'm not telling you to be violent. I'm not telling you to take up arms. I'm telling you tonight, you must confront bullies. There are bullies in life. Oftentimes, what the Bible says in Ephesians is we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. Our fight is not against the physical universe. It's not even against people. It's the powers behind them moving in the scenes, bringing an attack against your life. The enemy aims to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you're going to sit by and let it happen? I hope not. At some point, the church has to rise up and say, you're a bully. And I'm not going to stand for it. I'm going to fight. I'm going to get on my knees in prayer. And I will not accept this anymore. I'm not going to be in poverty for the rest of my life. I will not do it. I take dominion over my finances in Jesus' name. I'm not going to let you have my children, devil. I'm not going to let you have their future. I'm going to stand up for what's right. It's okay to be angry about that. Because God is angry when the devil steals and kills and destroys his precious ones. It's okay to not be nice in that situation. I want to tell you, as we close this evening... The way that God used Paul's harshness, because God indeed used it. Look again at the last scripture we read in verse 12. After Paul's rebuke of this sorcerer, it says, Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. God confirmed the words of Paul. Remember what he said? He said, you're not going to see. God is going to remove your vision from you. And there was a, a mist, a dark mist. I, don't, I don't, can't explain all this. All I know is that God came and backed up what the Apostle Paul said. Caused this man to be blind. And that account, the man whose faith was wavering, he saw that, and instead his faith was strengthened. It was forged in steel. And now that that man who was once uh, uh, in danger of losing his faith, now in this moment he sees what God did through the Apostle Paul. And now he says, I can live for God. I can do what's right. Because he stood up when he needed to stand up. Good things come when you'll be willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not be nice. I believe God is calling us to, you you know, I'm amazed at how how much of the Bible is about battle and war and killing and fighting. How much of the Bible you read, especially the Old Testament, uh, there is so much bloodshed and warfare and God calls his people to go fight and go claim lands and go take what belongs to you. I'm so grateful that when God said to his people, I have a promised land for you. That it wasn't just this free-for-all. It wasn't just a, a big bouncy house for them to go enter. No, God gave them a land, but you know what? It was full of giants. It was full of enemies. He said, you can have that land if you go fight for it. If you go do some battle. If you go push out the enemies of God and you'll do something so that you can claim it for the kingdom. You know what? God has God has. A, a destiny for us. He has a promised land for you. But it's not gonna come for free. You think that it's gonna come like a check in, from the government? You think that God's gonna give you, you know, uh, your destiny and your purpose in life? Uh, it's just gonna show up in your bank account via wire transfer from the US Treasury? Oh no! You're gonna have to fight. You're gonna have to claim. You're gonna have to plead the blood of Jesus over your future. You're going to have to pray and fast and believe God and work and labor and sweat and toil spiritually so that you can do what God wants you to do. Sometimes you got to stand up. Sometimes it doesn't help to be nice. Sometimes you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And not nice. Let's bow our heads. Hello, sermon podcast listeners. Pastor Adam here. I've got Dave on the line. Hello, Say hello, Mr. Dave.
0: Hello, everybody. <laughs> we wanted to
1: interrupt your sermon uh, listening at the moment just to share with you a few big updates uh, as we are making this podcast hopefully more valuable to you as a listener. And as you know, over the last couple of weeks, we have been uh, adding subscription to our podcast offering. And so our free, our free podcast still remains uh, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and by the way, we've added in a Sunday episode as well. So four sermons a week. That is our plan to keep it going, uh, going forward. And in addition to that, we have uh, three other sermons, a Tuesday, a Thursday, and a Saturday that are now protected behind a a paywall. And those are part of our new premium feed. The other big feature that you're getting as the premium uh, podcast is they are ad free and interruption free. They also are released about six hours earlier than all the rest. So we know that doesn't make a big difference for most of you in in north america but maybe for uh, our international audience that might be something helpful so so we wanted to share with you why we are doing this once again and i'm going to let dave tell you why we are making this sermon podcast with a premium subscription uh versus what we were doing before
0: right well uh the the reason is we want to be a blessing to world evangelism we send a um and a world evangelism pledge into our mother church in Chandler Arizona uh every month and uh we want to uh we want to be even more of a blessing than we already are and you can help us with that and the way we're going to do that is we are not going to keep one dime of anything that comes in from from uh, uh from either ads or from uh, if you're a premium subscriber from from your uh, subscription, from the money you pay in your subscription, we're not going to keep any of this. It's all going to go toward world evangelism. So that's why we're doing this. We just we want to uh, we we want to give as much as we possibly can and do everything we can to raise as much as possible for the cause of world evangelism.
1: Yeah, we want to make Pastor Campbell happy is yes, what that's we're what... really trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we view the podcast as kind of a, a ship with a sail, you know, and so, so far, we haven't put up the sail to see how far she can go. So that's what we're doing these last few weeks is we have some new uh, tools that we have discovered to, in order to um, to raise these funds and specifically for the, for the purpose of world evangelism. So we think that that is something that would be compelling to you as a listener. And that's why we are doing this. And so we realize that not everybody is going to become a premium subscriber. That's okay. Uh, but if we could yes. get um, maybe 10% of our listeners, that would be a significant amount of money. And so um, we wanted to share the update, first of all, that we already do have some premium subscribers. We have a couple on Apple Podcasts. And we also have a couple through our other platform, which is called Supercast. And uh, uh, so as a result, we are now raising approximately $16 per month. That's in addition to our advertising on the free podcast platform. So that is, uh, that's not nothing. You know, we're uh, yes. in just a couple of weeks um, to already be getting $16 per month. We are very, very happy with that. And um, we think absolutely. That that you will also be blessed by that. So what we wanted to do in this short time that we have together, uh, I wanted uh, I wanted to twist Dave's arm into doing <laughs> a, a live subscription to the premium podcast while we're listening, just so that you can get an idea how it goes and how easy it is. So I'll tell you that for the for the people who are using Apple phones, it's going to be almost too easy to describe. <laughs> it's going to be actually harder for me to get out the words than it is for you to hit the subscribe button. I I did that on my phone. And before I knew it, I was already signed up for the free three day trial and, um, being charged for, for, you know, for the premium subscription. So we think those of you who are using the Apple podcast app, it's going to be pretty obvious, uh, because it's going to be popping up on your screen, a big subscribe button. So if you have any issues with that, you can let us know, but I think that's going to be super easy. But what I would love for you to do, Dave Mm -hmm. is to go to your, Uh, podcast app that you're using and uh, on an Android phone, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And I would love for you to talk our audience through what you're seeing as as you are uh, subscribing to the premium feed through our other platform, which is called Supercast. So let's hear it, man.
0: Okay. So I've pulled up my podcast app, which I'm using Google podcast. Um, I've pulled up the um, VBPH sermon podcast feed. And this is going to be similar no matter which app you're listening from, whether
1: Spotify or Overcast or there's there's a hundred of them out there. But as long as you can still see our show notes and click on that link, everything from here will be very similar to what Dave is describing.
0: Right. So I'm going to click on uh, the most recent episode that's in the uh, in in this uh, free feed, uh, which is uh, posted 17 hours ago, filled with the spirit and not nice by Pastor Adam Dragoon. All right. And what I see is subscribe to the new daily premium ad-free sermon podcast for only $3 per month. And wouldn't you know, there is a link right here in the show notes. VBPH-Sermons.Supercast.Tech. All right. What
1: happens when you tap on that link?
0: I tap on that link and it takes me to that very website. And so here we are. Sermons.Supercast.Tech become a premium subscriber today all proceeds benefit world evangelism and awesome. now I, and now i have a choice okay I what is do... the
1: choice that you see presented I... before your very eyes
0: <laughs> actually there's two choices i can do a monthly or a yearly subscription if i choose monthly there's there's two uh options $3 per month which says free seven-day trial, cancel anytime, start your free trial. And with, if I tap that button or the monthly plus, which is $10 a month and also a free seven-day trial. Um, and it says all the benefits of the premium subscription, but triple the impact on world evangelism. Hey, there you go. So, um, if I switch over to yearly, there is a $29 a year option or a $99 a year option uh so um I'm going to probably what gonna I'm gonna do what most listeners are probably going to do I'm gonna okay, start, what's that gonna be I'm gonna start at the very lowest okay okay uh, which is the three dollar per month i'm gonna I'm gonna tap start your free trial and it says sign up for monthly three dollars per month free seven day trial cancel any time and I agree to the supercast terms of use and privacy policy and I click uh google pay and oh wow it's
1: got google pay in there it's
0: got google pay
1: and by the way if you're doing this on an apple phone it's going to have apple pay on there as well
0: right and enter my paypal information through google mm-hmm. pay and, and what was your password dave yeah yeah <laughs> well ask google they've got them all and, uh, <laughs> and what was your social security number right right there? <laughs> okay let's see huh. Your Supercast account has been created. Hot dog. Now We've sent sent you an email. And so I go to that email. And wouldn't you know, you have subscribed. And and so I open up that email. It says, uh, connect in three simple steps. One, open this email on the device. Uh, For most people, that's their phone. Uh, Click the preferred podcast player icon. And click subscribe and you're all done. So I'm going to go to my Google podcast, uh, which it provides me one of the links and subs- and then Google podcast opens and it says subscribe to a podcast by RSS feed. And it gives me the option to cancel or subscribe. And so I'm going to click subscribe and boom, I'm in the VBPH sermon podcast uh, premium feed. Sweet. So I think
1: that took less than 5 minutes and it probably mm-hmm. would have been a lot quicker if you weren't talking about it while you were doing it, right? Exactly,
0: yeah, that's right. That's so right. It, just, they make it pretty painless. And so
1: if you jump through that little hoop, um then you'll be getting uh, all seven sermons per week and uh I just want to give you guys uh a big shout out for for sticking with us through this and if if you become a subscriber man that uh it's you know, we understand like three bucks a month when it really comes down to it is is not a whole lot of money. But when we have a, a big group of people that do that, it can really make a huge impact. Our goal starting out here is a hundred bucks a month. And we're already about 15%. Well, with Dave's yeah. subscription, we're now close to 20% of that goal.
0: Yes. And
1: so uh, we think that, you know, a hundred bucks a month is, is not nothing. That's uh that's going to be a blessing to Uh, a missionary somewhere. And uh, Mm -hmm. we want to, we we think that, that you'd be excited about doing that. And by the way, uh, this week in the premium feed uh, we posted a sermon by pastor Mark Olson from, I believe the year was 2008. And uh, it was, no, no, no. It was before that. I think it was 2003, but Mm -hmm. it was a fireball. It was a Thursday night message from a Prescott conference on world evangelism Thursday. And man, I found myself weeping some tears and being touched by God, uh, wow. through that sermon on Thursday. So I'm just telling you that, you know, uh, when you get those premium feeds, you're getting, you're getting double the chance that God is going to help you and speak to you through these messages. So uh, Dave, I'm glad that you, you are now a subscriber.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: <laughs> so, well, that's all we want to leave you with guys. We want to thank you for sticking with us while we kind of uh, explain this and we, we hope that, um, that you find it a blessing to uh, even if you don't become a premium subscriber, we still really appreciate you continuing to listen. Uh, we're not going to continue bugging you every, every week about this, but we just want to make sure that you are aware how easy it is to become a subscriber. If that's something you want to do. And we do appreciate uh, all of you who do that. It's, it's pretty awesome to be a part of that. Absolutely. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening to sermons. And thanks for those of you who are becoming subscribers. And thank you for those who are not. Uh, We appreciate you continuing to keep us in your podcast feed on a daily basis. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. God bless.